I'd been meaning to put up our interviews and all these other special talks uh, about catch wrestling up on some sort of uh, podcast platform, and I'd actually been looking around, and um, now I think Anchor.fm is uh, probably one of the best bets for you. Uh, you the inter- user interface has actually gotten much better. Um, it's free. They also have all these different tools, that, which I think work much better than they used to, uh, to edit and everything, so you can uh, put up a nice podcast, which we'll get more into later, so hopefully everything gets smoother later on. Um, also, they distribute your podcast for you, so it shows up on Spotify, Apple, uh, Google Podcasts, everything like that, and you can also get sponsorships. So uh, go ahead and check it out. My name is Raul Ramirez. I'm with the Catch Wrestling Alliance, where we keep real wrestling alive. Thank you for joining me today. Um, uh, we're on Twitch also, if that's more convenient. Um, you know, but we're also on every uh, podcast platform. So uh, thank you for joining us wherever you are joining us from. Uh, actually, I want to get to a few announcements before we get to the main uh, topic. Um, so I was requested by UCLA Martial Arts um, to teach classes um, at UCLA again. Actually, I used to teach Sanda, which is, I don't know if you can see on my my shirt for those of you watching the video of the live stream. Um, uh, I was requested to teach Sanda and catch wrestling at UCLA at their their gym, the Wooden, it's called the John Wooden Center. Um, this is a gym that is actually uh, available to not only students and staff at, at UCLA, but actually open to the public. So anybody can actually become a member of this gym and take my classes. I, I believe that um, they might offer some kind of package where uh, there's like a group of grappling classes. Actually, let me kind of back up a, a second. So the cool thing about the school gym at UCLA, it's called the John Wooden Center. Um, one of the cool things about it is that we offer, besides just like gym and cardio machines and whatnot, uh, we offer several types of classes. So whether it be dancing or other kinds of physical activities like spinning and um, other, other kinds of uh, workout things, yoga and whatnot. Um, but we also offer a variety of martial arts. So striking martial arts and grappling martial arts. So what it's looking like to me, but, so I haven't, I worked there uh, a, a long time ago and um, uh, I was requested to work there again. So I don't know, like I'm sure plenty of things have changed. And so what it's appearing to be or is that it looks as though now instead of just like uh, signing up to take my class, <clears throat> you can. They, I think they've uh, grouped all the grappling-oriented arts as like one package. So you can uh, buy an inexpensive package because this is a, a public university. So everything's at a cheaper cost to make things uh, more accessible to the public or to the students as well. Um, so I believe that there is a kind of like a grappling pass. So. D- that's how it's appearing, and that's kind of the sense I'm getting, but uh, I'm not back there yet. I believe this class will start right at the beginning of October because UCLA's classes uh, usually start like right at the end of September. So then the the recreation classes or the martial arts classes 
<clears throat> in the gym will um, start, you know, when the majority of the students are back uh, and they will have, a, a, you know, COVID protocols and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, anybody can join the gym. And then once you're a member of the gym, then you can, uh, you can work out there, right? You can, so you can do your cardio there, you can do your weights and whatnot, uh, because they actually have really great uh, workout equipment. So that's, that's one of the things that I really missed about the gym because, uh, I used to be a trainer there. So besides teaching Sanda, like kick Chinese kickboxing, um, I used to train, uh, student athletes and professors and basically anybody that who requested, uh, personal training. Um, but, um, one of the things that I always liked is our high quality equipment that going to other gyms around LA. It was just some of them were some of these gyms around LA are very expensive to join. Um, but it went, when I would get access to some of these gyms, like some of these really expensive ones, the equipment was, still was not as good as UCLA's gym, which is available to the public. You know, you can anybody can can join that gym. The only thing I guess would be like uh, parking, you know, it's like uh, parking around uh, campus, um, is you know it can be tough at times because there's a lot of traffic around there and you have to pay for parking anyway so um so anyway i don't i don't know what the fee for membership is um but i doubt it is as much as like a lot of these fancy gyms around la it's probably just a tiny fraction of you know the monthly fee of a lot of gyms so it would probably be something to look into, you know, if you're wanting to not only take catch wrestling, but to take, um, the jujitsu and I believe we have judo there. Um, I think we have a few like grappling oriented styles. So, and it, it does appear from, cause they were, you know, they're showing me some preliminary stuff about, uh, their website and, you know, the showing the catalog of what they have. And I do believe, hopefully I'm not wrong, but I do believe that, uh, you can get a, grappling pass to take the grappling classes um so that sounds i thought that was something that i'd want to share with everybody because it sounds like a pretty cool deal um uh, especially if you if you're interested in judo and jujitsu and stuff and so you can really get a lot of bang for your buck um at ucla because that i think that price for the that pass the grappling pass would uh it wouldn't be like a monthly thing it would be it would be a quarter thing because they're on the quarter system. So um, it would be for a few months, right? So very, very inexpensive uh, to be able to take grappling classes. So it's probably, that would probably be the the, the cheapest way uh, because like a lot of jujitsu gyms around Los Angeles are around $200 a month. Um, I don't know where you're listening from, um, but in LA, these prices for martial arts gyms are astronomical. Um, I think probably the cheapest you can get would be uh, something like uh, boxing gyms, right? Um, they can be a little cheaper. Um, but like a lot of gyms, whether it's just like to work out, but it, especially jujitsu right now, jujitsu is really kind of like a uh, almost like a luxury type thing. So uh, around LA, I mean, there's, I've heard all kinds of prices, like $300 a month and, you know, and up. So, um, um, yeah, it's not, so imagine paying less than a hundred dollars for like three months so of multiple grappling classes and you have the 
high quality um, workout equipment. Because a lot of gyms, uh, like a lot of jujitsu gyms, you know, they they will have high quality uh, jujitsu instruction, but you know, they wouldn't necessarily have the the cardio equipment and the weights and stuff like the high quality weights uh, with squat racks and uh, you know bumper plates and all these other things. That those of you who go to the gym a lot, you know, if you like to do like the Olympic lifts and stuff like that, we have the the equipment to facilitate all that. You know, so um, it might be something to look into. You know, I'll be there starting October. Um, so I will be teaching again, like a sanda and uh, catch wrestling. For those of you who do not who do not know what sanda is, that's Chinese kickboxing. So it is very similar to Muay Thai, except uh, there's more wrestling involved in sanda and so there's a lot of takedowns, there's a lot of kick catching techniques that um, are not in Muay Thai. Um, so it, it's it, just think it's still mo- more a striking style, but has a lot of, we say like quick takedowns. So in Chinese, they say fast throws. So it's a lot of ways to counter punches and kicks and get the person down quickly. I personally believe that it's one of the best striking arts for MMA. For those of you who want to do MMA, um, this is really like an easy bridge from like having a good stand-up base to a good takedown game. You know, you don't have to just be doing like double leg takedowns all the time. Uh, You can do all kinds of uh, takedowns, all kinds of kick catches, depending on how your opponent attacks you. Um, So yeah, there's kind of like offensive takedowns and counter takedowns. Uh, So it's really a dynamic and fun art um i i was a two-time u.s national champion in sanda and that's kind of what led me to catch wrestling so like because i had um kind of like the the sanda wrestling fundamentals and then i also did uh, another form of chinese wrestling i also um, at, at UCLA, I did, because we had a wide variety of martial arts classes at the Wooden Center, um, I also competed and trained in sumo wrestling. Um, so when I wanted to add more joint locks and stuff, I did take the jujitsu classes. And uh, at that time, uh, even though nogi wasn't as popular as it is today, we still uh, offered some nogi. Um, and so... Like I felt that jujitsu, like um, uh, still didn't quite match my understanding of grappling. I was still able to really hold my own, um, just with the fundamentals that I had from the Chinese grappling styles and even the sumo stuff. Uh, but but like that led me to like research, like what else could there be? Because I didn't want to just do amateur wrestling because no joint locks, right? Uh, so then that's how I like, like searched and searched and found catch wrestling. And then luckily, you know, I was studying it already with Billy Robinson. But then soon after that, uh, the snake pit in Wigan, so the original home of catch wrestling uh, with head coach Roy Wood, they started offering catch wrestling again. And I had to apply and I was part of their first kind of, like, I don't know how, how it is. Nowadays, you probably call it a cohort, right? That that word's uh, being in, uh, circulated around the news a lot, right? Because uh, uh, talking about different cohorts with uh, schools and stuff, uh, you know, like 
having small groups of children in a, in a class and they're in so anyway I was, I was one of the first cohorts um at the snake pit in wigan uh training and competing there uh in their uh, international catch wrestling events um so that kind of is what led me to catch wrestling so so you guys uh, can kind of uh know my background because i know you know you might just be here for the first time and you might um uh, you might not know what my background is and why i'm qualified to speak about catch wrestling uh by the way i also have like the the equivalent of a, like a black belt in the american catch wrestling system called american hook wrestling which is the american lineage of catch wrestling and so the the lineage holder is his name is john strickland um, so that's kind of like the whole Frank Gotch, Farmer Burns, American lineage that that uh, exists today, uh, but that came through Wigan, you know, came through England, you know, from England down to uh, Tom Connors and then Martin Burns and, you know, and so on. So it still exists. Um, so um, I, I, I feel like I'm qualified. So the, the over 10 years of experience, right? Uh, so actually there's a couple questions already. So let me go ahead and answer because they're, they're kind of striking, um, uh, based, right? So first one, flow, uh, hello, flow. And then number two, Adriano Ramos, how would a cat, how would cat wrestling do against a Muay Thai fighter in your opinion? Um, if you can avoid the strikes, then you can just kind of, uh, uh, go in and if you're able to catch the kick then yeah you can totally take someone down or you can if you can uh, close the distance quickly you can grab the person and throw them down uh, so uh, but that's easier said than done you know we have <laughs> you know a lot of instances where there has been like style versus style and one of the main ones that I remember it, it might be like a mythical or like a I might not be remembering it clearly because it, it really uh it was a real cool moment, but I think there was back in Japan uh, when there was Pride, like the MMA outfit, and then and then uh, K1, which is more like the striking one. And I think they had like a mixed night where at that time, the at that moment, he was a, a kickboxer mostly. So Krokop, the guy named Krokop, right, Miriko. Um, and, you know, later he started doing uh, MMA, right, but... The Krokop was like the kickboxer, and then they put him up against uh, MMA person. And like, I think as soon as the MMA person kind of went down to do a double leg, like I believe it was Krokop who just like kneed him in the face on the way in and like busted the dude's nose. And I think he knocked him out, if I remember correctly. But but I'm sure there are a lot of similar uh, instances. So don't just think like, oh, you're a Muay Thai person or you're a striker and I'm just going to close the distance and take you down. You know, um, I want to give striking more credit. <laughs> um, also, too, since, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a former uh, striking champion. So uh, it, there's, there's a lot to it. There's a lot to it, especially since um, the striking that I did incorporated takedowns and you know rest the many wrestling fundamentals at least the stand-up takedown stuff and um so i know it's like if someone is trying to take you down and sound that's like you're you're kind of trained to counter uh someone's takedown attempts so um 
you know, don't don't take a striker lightly. But yeah, a lot of times it is about closing the distance or or if you're doing if you're used to catching kicks, then you don't necessarily have to close the distance as much. Uh, but you just have to make sure you don't get knocked out by their kick or their punch and stuff. So um, there's there's always risk, right? Okay, so uh, with that being said, if anybody, uh, feel free to comment. Um, I'll try to get to it, but I want to kind of get to the main topic of today. So the mythical catch wrestler. Um, this there's there's I think there's several myths <laughs> or there's several mythical catch wrestlers uh, that that are in existence. Uh, I want to talk about one that uh, a lot of a lot of our haters like will comment on our social media, and uh, so let's talk about this one first because this is uh, from a regular regularly occurring comment, but it also occurred again this week where someone was trying to say that oh catch wrestlers. Uh, are only like keyboard warriors and uh, nobody competes and you know uh, so I so for those of you or for I doubt anybody listening to this would think that <laughs> but uh, just for people's information for your information uh, we have so many uh, match videos on our YouTube channel alone of you know several events that we did uh with real catch wrestling rules with real wrestlers we had ncaa referees um so no we're not just keyboard warriors um also too like i mentioned my time training my years training um in in wigan so i would go every year even i live in los angeles but then i would make the pilgrimage every year um so every year at the end of training so at the end um usually on the weekend right like we would uh, or they would organize matches right so um you know trained and then competed uh so it's it's like we're not just uh, keyboard warriors um that, but that's the thing i do believe you know like they always talk about there is kind of truth at the core of every myth right so uh, this this criticism that people are are claiming, uh, I think there is probably some validity to it because uh, there's I, I'm sure there are plenty of people, and I think I've seen it where it's like maybe someone will just automatic automatically comment like oh I hate jujitsu or I hate whatever other grappling style usually jujitsu because jujitsu is like the most popular grappling style nowadays. Uh, so people might comment something like, oh, I hate jujitsu, catch wrestling forever. And then they don't really compete or they, or if you look at their social media, they're, they're more like a troll or, or whatever. So, um, I'm happy that they like catch wrestling so much. Uh, but, um, uh, that might be the source of people claiming like, oh, catch wrestlers are just keyboard warriors when you might have someone who's just a big fan of catch wrestling because our matches are actually uh, pretty exciting so um uh, so i want to try to continue that i you know we're, i want to try to continue having matches um and you know we'll see our our kind of first big event and actually our first event was at, at ucla um so i organized it there so hopefully we can then get back to having events at ucla uh, but a big like university like that will we'll definitely have to wait and see with regards to COVID protocols and all that. Um, 
but in the meantime while we while we wait for all that stuff to be cleared up hopefully we can get more um maybe we can do a smaller venue without uh, any audience where we can have a few matches for this year uh, so that, that's kind of the goal but the thing is with that being said that's more evidence that you know we have matches we have people who are training we have competitors who they don't only compete in catch wrestling um they you know they also compete in like no gi or gi and all that so um whenever you see someone comment uh that catch wrestlers are you know only keyboard warriors then you know it's just not true so a lot of times that's why um, i don't really get upset about it but i figured i would just address it where it's like uh are you because i think the comment was on our youtube channel that's so like do you even look at any other videos that we have on our YouTube channel? Because I've made playlists with the, uh, with a lot of our match footage and it should be uh, easy to find. So, um, so there, right. <laughs> so yeah, so it, it doesn't bother me, but I just kind of wanted to point it out. And um, there's other kind of mythical catch wrestlers uh, too. And I think that kind of, uh, I kind of want to talk about this also because, you know, catch wrestling did have a great history. And I do believe that many people are kind of still stuck in the past with catch wrestling, right? They have um, like a nostalgia to all these black and white like photos and uh, uh, the records, like the match records of a lot of these great catch wrestlers and catch wrestling champions. And many of them did like challenge matches uh with against you know people of various martial arts styles and all that and even like the history of uh, luta libre a lot of you guys uh, bring up luta libre a lot also so uh catch wrestling has a very real uh like history in combat sports and in competition uh besides the you know like the pro wrestling stuff right um so with that being said it's like you know there were a lot of great grapplers at that time who you know destroyed judo people and jujitsu people but i think what what people nowadays are forgetting is a lot of the work they put into competing right so uh, there was a lot of training involved um sometimes even there was like a lot of vetting right where it's like uh, sometimes you had to be kind of accepted into a gym uh, say like in, in Wigan, the, the way it goes is like uh, you, you could show up, but they wouldn't necessarily teach you anything until you proved that you wanted to be there. So you'd have to go back every day or, or every week uh, and get beat up, you know, by, by by everybody before they started pointing out like what you were doing wrong and uh, started training you after that. So uh, that's kind of a similar in to many stories I've heard about the United States like there was kind of like a invitations to certain gyms. Um, so uh, you kind of had to prove yourself. So it wasn't just like this, it wasn't just everywhere and it wasn't like anybody just do a free for all kind of thing. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of, with that being said, I mean, when you were there training, you know, you, you trained you, and you put a lot of work into your, like honing your craft and getting good at, at all the techniques, right? Um, and so that's another thing that the the mythical catch wrestler, the unbeatable catch wrestler, um, did. 
to make themselves unbeatable, right? So people nowadays, a lot of times, at least what I've seen is that like they think like, oh, if I just learn some cool technique or or, or maybe they see like a uh, a sequence of a few like a few submission holds that are labeled catch wrestling um and then they think oh that this this is all i need to beat the jiu-jitsu game but it, it there's more to it than that there's more wrestling fundamentals there's more uh there's more to doing submission holds effectively and you got to be training all the time you can't just be doing like one one dvd or one you know one um uh like one seminar or something like that, you know? So um, that that would be like the second kind of mythical catch wrestler that uh, I often kind of see or like necessarily, I don't necessarily see them, right? Because they're mythical, but uh, it's like people are alluding to this. And so one of the goals of the Catch Wrestling Alliance is that we want to bring like, you want to bring catch wrestling to modern times. So uh, we have real practitioners who are actually very excellent at catch wrestling. So probably one of the the ones that you can actually see his matches on our YouTube channel would be Matt Tran. I, I believe he doesn't get enough credit. Hopefully he can be competing soon uh, again in catch wrestling. Um, he's done M MMA. He's done uh, no-gi competitions and one. And um, and also he's he's got about like, I think three matches or four matches on our YouTube channel. He's got a few. He's got a few. Um, and actually, he's one of the people that um, say, like, uh, a person who I interviewed on this channel, he's a historian, kind of anthropologist by training, uh, but uh, from Brazil, who's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, Thiago. Uh, you can look back a, a few months to our interview, but... Uh, Matt Tran was the person that he saw uh, and he saw in one of our videos and then he kind of reached out to me and he was talking about just how, how like, even though Thiago had this background, you know, black belt level, it from Brazil, who's, and he actually has trained with a lot of really very famous uh, um, jiu-jitsu people from Brazil, um, he was just really blown away by uh, the techniques and the the way Matt Tran moved, but Matt Tran he is would be the person probably one of the very few who only did catch wrestling as his um, as his grappling art. So he is from the East Coast, trained by John Strickland um, out there um, by like his organization is called American Hook Wrestling. Uh, I mentioned them earlier. Uh, so uh, Matt could be like would be kind of like one of these like pure catch wrestlers and he's showing how uh, he's still able to win so that is very real it's not like this mythical type uh thing where it's like back in the the olden days when you know all the pictures are in black and white and all that so we're actually uh showing that you know he actually put in a lot of work you know he you know and like he's competed in uh, various sports grappling and mma um and he's able to win um, so, um, like we're, we're showing, you know, not just like talking about it, right? So we're showing the, the action and the, the actual art and not just uh, being keyboard warriors about it. Okay. So yeah, go ahead and uh, let me know your thoughts. 
Uh, go ahead and comment, ask questions. Uh, we have another one this time from Ripper Catch Wrestling, all the way in the UK. It says Mark Hua or Marco Huas, uh, to me is the guy Hicks and Gracie, Gracie was scared of. All right. Um, yeah, there's this real long history, you know, and like um, uh, it's pretty interesting with regards to the development of jiu-jitsu, especially Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, but yeah, I mean, like uh, myths, myths, myths uh, kind of develop around different people as well, besides the arts, right? Um, so Hicks and Gracie is kind of legendary, but um, as kind of being like an unbeatable kind of person. Uh, but yeah, it's like everyone can be beaten. Um, yeah, it's great. And the, actually, <laughs> coming to think of uh, to think about it, like, I think one example of kind of an art that kind of can keep you humble uh, is sumo wrestling. And I think, uh, like, because you compete so frequently, so every tournament, they do frequent tournaments throughout the year, and it's a 15-day long tournament. So you have a match every day for 15 days. So uh, there's, like, no way that you cannot, like, have a perfect record so currently there's a man um, who's considered like the greatest person to ever do sumo uh, his fighting name is hakuho um it's kind of funny. I, try, I try to pronounce it in a, in a way that's like that more people can understand right because uh i thought but uh, to, it, to my ear it sounded hilarious but yeah hakuho um he is currently like the winningest catch or the winningest sumo wrestler uh, to ever do the sport and um, he's won 40 tournaments or I think 40 or maybe he's won 41 or 42 by now but anyway he's won the most of all time but he still has losses and so I wish that we can be doing maybe catch wrestling maybe more frequently so then um, so there isn't like this perfect record for everybody and then that, that would actually be a little bit more realistic uh you know like there's a lot of uh, jiu-jitsu tournaments frequently so uh, people even though it might not be pro and if they're doing like their random you know like a neighborhood local jiu-jitsu tournament um you know they might lose there so it might not necessarily be in a on a pro record but uh, at least they taste the defeat so that you can kind of stay humble right uh you know say like even even in mma i think because of also uh striking um, so sometimes like after a match, even if you win, if you took a lot of like hits to your head or, or if you took some enough damage, then you will be put on a medical suspension. So then, uh, MMA fighters might not be able to compete so frequently. So that's why you'll have some people who might be undefeated, but you know, total fights not, might not be that many. Uh, so, uh, it's almost like, like, you know, if, if you had them fight enough, then, eventually they'll lose right and so you you will see that in muay thai actually because um in thailand people like you know are fighting all the time so you'll see some people with like over 100 matches right so but they was they will still have losses right and that's the thing so there'll be legendary fighters who can beat most opponents but they've still tasted defeat right so uh, i think that's motivating um because right now in, in mma in particular it's like it seems like uh you know if you if you're doing really well and you lose one then like your stock goes down 
uh, your fans go away, your your their these this person's dog, you know, runs away, turns their <laughs> turns their head away from you, and you know, so it seems like a bigger thing. So a loss seems like a bigger uh, you know event uh, than um, you know than it really should be. I believe you know, and compared to these martial arts that have frequent frequent matches, um, yeah. So it seems like you know, like yeah, it seems like one one person's like on the top of the world, and then if they lose one match, then on on social media they're just trashed, like oh they were never that great and all that. But you know, it, it it's totally not true. Um, you know, if you take that with a grain of salt, I guess with like criticism, you know, if the more people compete, totally the the numbers game would make it so that you you would eventually have to lose at least one. Yeah. So yeah, keep on um, uh, asking questions. I know I didn't. Uh, I didn't announce this. Um, I didn't announce this live stream, but um, but I'm happy for the comments that we've gotten so far. Uh, feel free to ask questions. Um, feel free to comment. You know, um, but I think I've kind of made my my point. You know, in regards to these these myths where, you know, people might try to criticize catch wrestling. It could be, um, like, like, they, like I said, there's like some grain of truth to what people are saying, but it's our, our goal for catch wrestling Alliance is to kind of make actual like legit catch wrestlers and have actual competitions. Um, and you know, really just grow the sport. So um, remember, so for those of you who weren't here at the beginning of the chat, I will be teaching again. So I'll be teaching Sanda, so Chinese kickboxing and catch wrestling at UCLA this fall. So starting in October, uh, the class is actually open to the public. Um, uh, students are automatically granted access to the gym. Public will actually have to join the gym. Um, but it would probably it will probably be a fraction of joining an actual like gym. I think it's probably just like yearly fees as a, as opposed as opposed to monthly fees. But um, I'm not back there yet, so I don't really know that. Uh, but like a long time ago, when I did work there in the past, that's kind of how it was. I think um, you can join the gym and then you can join the classes on top of that. But I believe nowadays there's some kind of um, like different martial arts uh, pass. So you can take all the grappling oriented classes or all the striking oriented classes and stuff. So uh, it seems like a pretty good deal, a lot cheaper than paying like over 200 or $300 a month for uh, your local jiu-jitsu gym where they don't have high quality uh, workout equipment, high quality uh, cardio equipment and whatnot, which UCLA uh, at their, their uh, gym, the John Wooden Center, um, they have like really, really great quality uh, workout equipment. So, um, so there's that, right? <laughs> um, uh, also, too, if anybody wants to become a member of this channel and just to, to support us, uh, support what we're doing, uh, it's as easy as uh, donating like two dollars a month. Uh, you would just do that directly on our YouTube channel. Like uh, under the video, there's like a members. I think it says like membership or something like that. We have different tiers. And so doing the middle or the medium, how is it medium or middle tier, um, uh, that 
gives you access to a lot of videos that we've had that we have behind a paywall. So uh, you have access to that. So we have several videos there, and I believe that is like four ninety nine a month. So um, you know, consider contributing, and then also for the uh, highest tier that will grant you if you do do the highest tier you have to let me know so send me a message on like usually through our facebook or something that's usually the easiest way like it, where it doesn't really seem to get lost um so facebook or probably even instagram or you can email me you can on, on our youtube channel on the information page it should have or the about page on our channel i believe it does have a way to send an email uh, then I will enroll you in our online course, the we'll call it the CWA Academy. So that is through our website. So that'd be off of YouTube. But if you if you join our, our channel at the highest tier, then you would have access to both the uh, what we have behind the paywall here uh, and our CWA Academy, right? All right, so Ripper Catch Wrestling has a comment that yeah, I think it's good. Uh, did you know that the YMCA was critical in the early 20th century to the preservation of catch wrestling in America? Did you know this? All right, so um, uh, he is correct in that. So we have all these different gyms around the United States, and um, you know members would, um, you know they they would be able to meet there and train, right? <laughs> yeah, so, so Ripper Catch Wrestling is like, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> yeah, of course you knew that because you, you you brought it up. But yeah, so a, a lot of times there's a, a lot of really cool old photographs of guys training together. And a lot of times if it's like a group of guys in a, and it seems like a room type setting, oftentimes it was like the YMCA or the sporting clubs of different cities. Um, and it was, um, even, even in, uh, coach Billy Robinson's time, he's spoken about, uh, being able to travel around and if you wanted to, um, to spar or whatever, or just, you know, grapple a little bit, you're, you could find decent training partners, um, at the local YMCA. I believe it's like the young men's, uh, oh, I forget, oh, Christian association, actually. Yeah. I believe that's the what the, the letters stand for. Um, so yeah, it was basically started as like, uh, you know, community gyms and stuff for people to uh, be active and, you know, gather and stuff. So the, the wrestling styles available there were catch as catch can and, or, but I'm, I'm sure it's probably free where you can kind of practice whatever you want with a, a, a pretty decent partner because people were training regularly there. Yeah. Yep. So people of so uh, Ripper Catch Wrestling, people or lower classes. Um, yeah. So that's a that's what I was saying too. Like, um, uh, it was it was more uh, accessible to a wider variety of people, um, and I believe it's, the YMCA was even mentioned in Farmer Burns' writings as you know as a really great place to take your kids and whatnot, uh, or to be involved with. Um, yeah. Yeah. So all these kinds of things where it's like community oriented um, are great. And so in a way, speaking of YMCA, that um, even though UCLA is not 
a YMCA, it is still a public university. So it's a public institution. So that means that uh, they offer services or like even, you know, like memberships and all the, the different things that are associated with a public university or public institution uh, tend to be offered at a lower cost to the public. So, so that, that being said, it's like, you don't have to be a student to join the gym at UCLA. Um, but you do have to join, you have to pay something. Right? So, so just to let you know, that's kind of the difference where it's like, you have these great projects, you know, that, um, are often offered to people. All right. So any more, uh, any more questions? Ripper catch wrestling said, uh, Ripper is like a very, um, very enthusiastic catch wrestling fan in the UK. So welcome. Thank you for uh, commenting. All right. So actually we've been kind of, uh, we've been on for a little while. Let me know if you have any other questions or comments, feel free. Uh, but I think I kind of got my point across about at least two mythical catch wrestlers. Like people say that we're just keyboard warriors, but just look at our YouTube channel. It's like we have tons of match footage and, and all that. So, um, we're not. And then there's also kind of like this nostalgia, uh, catch wrestling person where it's like the, the mythical, the, the myth of the unbeatable catch wrestler, but, um, which I believe kind of can create the idea where someone thinks like if they just learn a few submission holds from catch wrestling, then they're going to be uh, as unbeatable as some of these catch wrestlers in the past. That's just not true. You need to be training and practicing all these holds and from various positions and, and whatnot, right? And, you know, all the wrestling fundamentals as well as the submission holds. This actually goes along uh, the lines with, uh, Farmer Burns writings as well. It's like, you got to know, uh, wrestling. Plus you have to know the ins and outs of the submission holds. Uh, that's it's, he wrote about it in, um, one of his books, I believe probably in both where it's like the one you can get on Amazon where it's like the, a lot of his, uh, correspondence course stuff, or even then the, the book, the, the life work of Farmer Burns. I'm, I'm sure it's stated in both texts. Um, all right. Okay. So, um, with that being said, you know, thank everyone for watching or listening, you know, available on Twitch as well as YouTube and on all podcast platforms. So with your help, we will keep real wrestling alive. Thanks for listening. <laughs>